0: Hey, everyone. On this episode of the NFT QT podcast, Ryan and I are discussing a few really interesting use cases for NFTs, and we've seen these over the past few weeks.
1: From the first corporate issued NFT dividend to the world's first NFT arcade, I mean, Q, we're seeing the nft of everything. So you're going to want to tune in to hear what we found. And yeah, it's a lot of exciting stuff.
0: This episode of the NFT QT podcast is brought to you by the NFT handbook. The NFT handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are, how they've evolved, and why they have value. Yo, so
1: what's good, Ryan? Hey, 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 just just figuring it out over here, you know, with uh, half the middle finger chopped off, but we're getting it going.
0: Yeah, I heard you're from an undisclosed location. You're not in the office today.
1: Yeah, you know, I had to call in, but I, I still wanted to get that podcast going.
0: Well, well, I guess to the listeners out there, don't mind Ryan and his undisclosed location audio. I, I still will hold you down with that crispy, clean, you know, vibes, audio vibes. But in the meantime, we're talking about NFT projects that caught our attention.
1: Yeah, there are quite a few. I mean, I, I I've got four kind of crazy ideas I want to talk about, but. Um, I think before we dive into those, we got to talk about Tory Lanes, man.
0: Oh, Tory Lanes, the guy that cannot stay out of the news or the media for to save his life, really.
1: Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, he's had a pretty good pandemic, you know, from the uh, what, what was what was the hey, Instagram life? Hey, he hey quarantine, radio.
0: quarantine Radio,
1: Quarantine
0: Radio. <laughs> Yo, we inside but outside on Quarantine Radio. People, hey, hey, for the real listeners that actually know about the culture and all that. Strawberry milk. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> Rules and regulations. Guidelines.
0: Guidelines. Guidelines.
1: Guidelines.
0: Right. <laughs> so for the people, Anyways. for the people that just tuned in, Tory Lanes is a notable hip hop R and B artist. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, and you know, some stuff great, some stuff not so great. We're not going to get into the politics of Tory Lanes on this show. That could be a podcast in itself. But what's fascinating about Tory Lanes is one, he's managed to keep himself relevant by latching on to very, I would say, emerging technologies. Uh, at, at, a, at a point where they're about to go mainstream. So Tory Lanez is not the guy that comes in when things are, you know, I would say day zero. He's usually there when like day one, day two, where like a few people have tried it out, but no one's really figured it out. And he comes in and really does. Uh, he has a track record of, of of figuring things out in a way that works for him. And, you know, right now, uh, what Ryan mentioned earlier in the top of the quarantine in 2020. Tory Lanez takes Instagram live and transforms it into a a format that D nice hadn't even gotten to yet. So, you know, D-Nice had club quarantine, but quarantine radio was a little bit more interactive. Tory Lanes would bring on uh, special guests and celebrities and he would bring on listeners and fans. And he would create this uh, this interactive experience where, you know, people were doing everything from, you know, turning it into a club to, you know, really figuring out, you know, who what people were doing inside while while they were stuck in, uh, during the quarantine. And it was it was in the early days, it was kind of cool because it was it was interesting to see, you know, the the, the ratchet culture and just where, where, where things were going. But at the same time, you know, it was an interesting use case for IG Live. Right. We had never really seen Instagram be utilized like that, especially the, the live functionality of it. And a lot of people got inspired and, and took quarantine they made their renditions of quarantine radio, so that's Tory Lane's first record uh, or i mean not first record, but first like you know accomplishment when it comes to emerging technology and then taking it elsewhere. He also did something similar with YouTube live uh where he did like a a concert on YouTube. And it was pretty dope. Like you know, it was just him, but uh, I, I forgot the exact numbers and metrics. But you know, he, he showed us what you know a, a digital concert could look like in a way that wasn't too corny or cliche. And then finally, we now have uh, Tory Lanez in these NFTs. Ryan, let's break down that that, that project for the people.
1: For sure, for sure. Um, and I think to, to to drive home the point too that you were mentioning before I hop into NFT, like he did all those. In promotion of an album, or you know, to get people ready for some some stuff, you know. So, like, he he knows how to use those, you know, kind of emerging technologies to you know generate the hype just because the tech is cool. And then off of that, like, just you know, doing it differently, right? So, I think what he's doing with NFTs is uh, earlier this week he dropped a million. So he, he he created a new he created a new album first of all seven songs. Um, he has seven different cover artworks for the seven different songs, and he minted a million albums of that you know, seven track album and each album was sold for a dollar each as an NFT on this platform, new platform called immersive entertainment. And they're calling them E NFTs. So I don't know if it's something different. I I haven't really been able to understand the tech behind this thing. Nonetheless, you know, the flash in the pan thing is he sold a million albums at a dollar each and he sold out in 57 seconds. That's like what everyone's saying. You know, everyone's kind of getting hyped about everyone's calling him a, a pioneer you know, the, the, he, he's breaking ground. He's doing all this crazy stuff. I mean, in and of itself, super impressive, right? He so he basically got a million dollars in under a minute. Um, I don't know if these things are going to count towards billboard listens, but if it was, you know, he went platinum in, you know, under a minute, which is pretty, pretty crazy. Right. I think the the thing here, I mean, I guess first, what's your first knee jerk reaction, right?
0: Q? Well, I think like, you know, the 52nd second seconds thing to me, I would love to. I got to do more research because I, I feel like, man, NFTs selling out that quickly just with the Ethereum blockchain and just knowing uh, how long it takes to even buy an NFT. That dude just had people ready or they just they just they have some fast technology. Because for sure, so, I mean, so in 57 I seconds, I, ra- like- I rarely get a confirmation on, on the block. Like I'm sitting there waiting. You know, it sometimes takes two to three minutes for me to buy an NFT. Yeah.
1: So I'm not sure if immersive is even built on ethereum I was trying to figure it out but I like they don't have much information it's a new it's a new platform they literally launched basically with Tori as their first project um I think they have flow Rider's on the team too but like Tori was the first project to launch on there and the resale market doesn't open up for like two more weeks or something but I was going through Twitter like kind of just seeing like okay who's buying these things who's talking about them and it was crazy because like you had the people who are like I've never even heard of an NFT, but I just bought three of his album, uh, three of these. I'm about to get rich off these. If you don't put my kid through college, you know, like yada, yada, yada. Because like Tori was basically hyping people up. Like the last NFT I sold went for 700 and then three days later, it was worth 34 grand. Turn these $1 into, you know, something crazy. So he's he's basically was hyping people up off of the, the resale market, right? When you're scrolling on Twitter, you'll find like, there were people in there who said, oh, I bought 30 copies of this album. I bought two 250 copies of it. Dude, I even saw this company called Blue 17 NFT. They basically are, they have their own like NFT vault. Kind of like what other people are doing. So a bunch of people put money in. They 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 basically have an investment thesis. This Blue Seventeen, they bought twenty five thousand album copies. Twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> no, it's it's
0: it is ridiculous in 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 many capacities because on the secondary market, is it? Is, have we seen a project with a million units really pop off? Crazy. I mean, okay, so there's there's what is it? Is it Alien? Uh, alien Worlds? Yeah. What about them? I mean, how, how how many I know they have they have a lot. I mean, Alien Worlds and, and, and NBA Top Shot. Those are two projects that come to mind that have, you know, maybe a million SKUs, but are uh, not SKUs, but like NFTs. Right. But like yeah. to transact and just have liquidity for a million units, especially when they're all the same. I, I just yeah. don't see the secondary market happening there.
1: No. I mean, I think the people who bought a ton up front. You know, maybe you're, you're going to have to get lucky and be one of the people that you're, you're either going to have to list it very low and you get, you know, some price, you know, get some transactions in there or you kind of shoot high and hope that there is a million new people who want to come in and buy it, you know. so Well, well if someone has like
0: 25,000 units, right, when I hear that, that just makes me feel uh, the opposite of warm and fuzzy, because at any given point, they could just flood the marketplace with 25,000 units. It's the same It's the same problem we've seen in other uh, tokens and just unit economics as far as crypto goes.
1: For sure. Yeah. And I think like even, you know, like I know we mentioned this in the last uh, podcast where we were talking about, you know, the MetaKey and Metaverse HQ where you have like these access tokens, right? Where it's like they have 1500 of them, they're all identical and they just give you access to something. You know, this is very much in the same sense where it's like, you're totally right. Reselling it, there's nothing like nobody has a rare edition of it right so it's really how much you want to price your resold NFT for on the retail market and like i think that that's, that's going to be where it's going to be very tricky like i think the people who are going to have the most luck are the ones who try and sell it for two dollars you know the ones who are going to try and sell for 100 or you know 150 i don't think that i don't think we're going to see a resale market that does on this that does anywhere even close to 10x but i think you know a two dollar or a three dollar or a five dollar resale i could totally see those happening
0: Honestly, I would agree with that. I just would bring it up a little bit. So let's say your average iTunes album sells between seven ninety nine and nine ninety nine or and even nineteen ninety nine. If you buy it for a dollar and your strategy and you have multiples of these and your strategy is to say, Hey, I'm gonna buy these for a dollar. There's a million albums. The only way you can listen to this album is on this platform. Of course, people will leak it and put it elsewhere. But, you know, if you want to be a real supporter of Tory Lanes and immersive entertainment, you have to, you know, own the real McCoy. And in order to do that, well, you'll have to get it off me for three, four, five, ten bucks. Right. Like I, you could do a rolling scale like, you know, you could sell the first. 15 units of your 100 for $3 and then incrementally go up and just, you know, make your investment back. That's not a bad way to play it.
1: For sure. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be trying to watch this cuz I, I I totally agree with you. Like we've never seen necessarily an NFT with this many identical editions. Or they're probably out there but they just nobody cares about them. Right?
0: yeah they um, they haven't had the the publicity or the hype as this one has like i mean like this thing has uh, a lot of, i mean a lot of people are cooking on this i mean let me go to youtube and see how many views his Tory lanes did a nft freestyle which was i mean that yeah. was that was pretty dope like i mean an nft freestyle for sure i
1: mean yeah, he did, I mean he, it's, uh,
0: he dissed uh when did he he dissed uh was it cassidy the hustler he was out here i mean it was i mean it was not playing around today and and guess what? No. How many views do you think the NFC uh, freestyle has? I'm, I'm looking at it right now. This dropped two Gotta days ago.
1: Got to be a million.
0: Yeah. 1.6 million to be exact. And it's it's not even 72 hours old. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, my man's just cooking. He's cooking, cooking. I mean, he only has 3.6 million subscribers on YouTube. So more than a little, a, just a little under half of his subscribers have watched.
1: Gotcha. Which okay. Is, so which I mean, is crazy. Like, that's pretty crazy. I think the other thing I wanted to, I was kind of curious about is like, there's two things. So number one, this this really only makes sense if immersive entertainment blows up because it's it's from what I can tell, it's a closed ecosystem. Like it's just you're only going to be re- be able to resell on immersive. Yeah, like I, I think their their goal here is to get more. It, it's just a music focused or creator focused you know marketplace, which is what all of them are, right? But their the question here is, does you know Tory Lane's his success here? Does it get a whole bunch of artists to be like, damn? I need to go and do this on Immersive. And then now is this, you know, the music branded NFT marketplace that actually can blow up, right? Because like they've had one success story. Now I'm sure that their inbox is flooded with other artists who want to, you know, drop an album there, right? So like, I think that this, this resale market, if it's just Tory Lanez, the only one who's been successful on Immersive, I think it's going to be tough to get those things rolling on the resales. But I think for sure, as far as it goes for like you know cross-pollinating across like oh i've got this jay-z album or i've got this you know unreleased kanye album and i can you know now kind of just trade you know this and and a little bit of money for the tory Lanez one or something like that like i think if immersive blows up i can totally see these resales actually having having some uh some interesting you know explosiveness here
0: that's one way to look at it that I just hadn't even considered, but makes a lot of sense. You know, one other project that I was just, just I would say intrigued by, because it's an interesting concept, was the Cat Bread Arcade. Are you familiar with that?
1: Yeah, yeah, the NFT Arcade. This is a really cool project.
0: Yeah, so basically for the people that are listening, Cat Bread has launched the very first retro game arcade with M- NFTs as prizes. And the arcade imitates many classic games such as Catman, which is their version of Pac-Man. And it runs on these cat bread tokens, which are needed in order to play their knockoff uh, arcade games. And they reward the top three ranking players with NFTs exclusively connected to every game on the platform. Right. So if you come in the top three, doesn't matter on which game you're going to get some exclusive NFTs. And then that scoreboard resets every Sunday. So if you're best in the world at Catbread, you got to re up every, every week and that's how you get a chance to win. And I, I, I like that. I
1: like that a lot. Yeah. I think it's, it's something where they're also launching a new game every two weeks. So like, there's always a new reason to come back around and, you know, right now they only have two games. They have uh, catman cat man, which is Pac man. And then, Gallus cat, which is uh Galax or um not galaxy Galaga. So like yeah, at two games, hey. not crazy. But you know hey. when you imagine them with forty, fifty games, like this is this is get this gets super crazy.
0: Oh for sure, but you know you know what I'm excited for. Tetris. Catrice. Catrice. <laughs> yeah. Catrice. 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 I'm gonna be on that Catrice, y'all. You might you might see me. That's their knockoff Tetris. If as long as it plays like Tetris, because I'm a Tetris fiend. Y'all might see you know me on the me on the scoreboards one of these
1: days. Yeah dude, you got to get some of those cat bread NFTs. I haven't, I haven't been able to see one yet. I'm sure that they've been putting them out for the leaders because uh, they do have a leaderboard and everything. I think like, I don't know if cat bread will blow up, but I think like just the idea of an arcade, like a gaming arcade that rewards you with NFTs is really cool. Cause it's basically taken what, you know, Axie infinity is done is doing or other, these other play to earn games where it's like, Hey, come spend some time with us and we'll give you some NFTs take that. And it just broadens it to like, Hey, what video games do you like? We'll make our own version and you can come earn NFTs while playing them.
0: No, I agree with that. This whole concept of play to earn games, right? So you've got cat bread. The one that most people that are into NFTs know about is called Axie infinity. And What's interesting about it is Axie Infinity, it was the first NFT game to hit a billion in sales. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. That was not crazy, right? Because you talked about the you talked about basically this being the early days earlier. And you know, it's one of those things where like when we say it's the early days, I think Axie Infinity only has less than four hundred thousand daily active users worldwide. And when you start to compare that to like an Instagram, which has, I think Instagram has 1 billion monthly active users or somewhere around there. So even mm-hmm. if you took 1%, that would be much greater than, you know, that would be like 100 or no, that would be like, what is that, 1 million? Or what? 10 million, 10 million. My bad. Uh, don't do public math. I gotta, I gotta remember that. That's the one thing where I mess up all the time. Um, my brain doesn't get public math, right? But yeah, so they would have 10 million daily active users. So if Axie got to just, a, just, just to, just to where Instagram is, this gets, these numbers just get real crazy. Just gets real crazy. And you know, I say that I think that there will be more people playing Axie Infinity even if they never are were a gamer, because there's a lot more money to be made there. You making real money by playing a video game. We haven't really seen that for the average user, not in our lifetime.
1: No. I mean you see those like apps where it's like play this crossword and win fifty grand, you know? Like and those always just seem like scams, whereas this is like, no people are actually you know, earning this money. And I think like the NFT arcade translates really well to like a virtual world. If we ever get to that space, right. You know, like where are you going to go and hang out? If you don't want to just like, you know, sit in your own, you know, virtual cave and watch TV, well, you can go to the NFT arcade and you can go like hang out with other people and you can watch people play and like beat high scores and stuff. And I think like from a community experience perspective, like an NFT arcade can really grow into something huge.
0: Yeah. I mean, board at you know? yacht club, they just did a partnership with Decentraland and they have like this gambling casino thing that they've got going. I haven't uh, tapped in on that yet, but you know, when I think about, you know, the arcade element of NFTs and just being able to play a game and earn something, you're right. It makes a lot of sense because NFTs have value. Um, They're sacred in the sense that these are scarce digital files we're talking about and They're easily transferable, right? Like as long as you you pay the gas or, you know, you mint the thing, it has all the, I mean, they can be transferred from wallet to wallet.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, like, what does is, what is Dave & Buster's look like in Decentraland where it's like, yo, know, here's a whole arcade and you can come in, win prizes and have a great time with people.
0: Yeah. And I think on top of that, NFTs are like the perfect incentive in the digital world. Like they're designed to be displayed digital. They have the power to unlock other experiences. We've seen that with the Bored Ape Yacht Club. And then NFT collections are just something people are beginning to take pride in. We're seeing it all over Twitter. People are changing their avatars yep. to... Uh, you know they're crypto punk or they're knockoff punk. <laughs> <laughs> a
1: lot of a lot of knockoff uh, profiles.
0: Man, you you got fake punks out there too. I'm seeing cats go out here and just just make a, a eight bit character and, and act like it's a part of the original ten thousand crypto punks, like. <laughs> Yo, I'm not going to lie.
1: Talking I, about I, NFT, oh yeah. I made I made
0: one, but I didn't put it as my profile. I'm not out here false flagging, but sure. I put it on the website. Cause I thought, you know, if it, it, it fit the aesthetics was just what we're doing, but like you're just cast out here, just making, sure. making it, you know, their whole avatar. And I'm like, okay, you don't really own that. And that's cool. I get it. I get it. But that's the thing, right? Yeah. It's like people take pride in these digital NFT collections, even if they don't have the NFT. Like I imagine we're going to get to a point where like people are going to be like, like, they're gonna be following other people's wallets, and they're gonna be happy when someone collects a, a new NFT. And they're gonna like it's just like how you cheer on your favorite sports team. You're gonna have that same fandom over some of these wallets, especially as these whales start to brand themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure,
0: yeah. And I mean, like if NFTs are a social currency, which I think they are currently, then yeah. I mean, these digital arcades, these digital games, yeah. This is just the beginning. Like I would say, Cat Bread and Axie Infinity. Remind me of the iPhone when it only had Tap Tap Revolution. And what was the other game? They had Temple Run. They had Angry Birds. They had them early, early games. You remember them early, early, early,
1: early joints? Yeah. I mean, I just remember those like bubble pop games where you could just sit there and pop, uh, you know, uh, bubbles all day. That sounds like something you would play. Is
0: that something you used to play? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You download it for 99 cents and it was literally just, yeah, see how much uh, bubble wrap you can pop
0: man man all right well i'm I'm I, I, you were telling me about this earlier I know this is your idea so i i I took the floor with the cat bread thing talk to me about this whole nfts as corporate dividends you said you had a, a whole idea or an interesting company about that
1: yeah so this was news about a week ago um this company EV biologics they are issuing their dividend in the form of nfts so yeah, if you own hundred shares of their uh, common stock, which the ticker symbol is Y-E-C-O for Easy Biologics. If you own 100 shares of those, you get one NFT, which is valued at around $300. Now, I know what you're wondering is like, well, what the heck? They can just say it's valued at $300 and just give me this digital file that I don't think is worth anything. I'd rather just get you know, more stock or money back. But I think like the concept is cool in the sense that like, hey, we can just take, you know, any any digital asset and issue it as a dividend, as like a reward for hanging with us and hanging tough. And I think like, so what's the NFP here? Why do they say it's worth $300? Basically, the NFTs are coming from this fine art security token and NFT studio called MS Token. And MS Token is a subsidiary of Millennium Fine Art, which owns the Millennium Sapphire. Which apparently is a ninety thousand carat gemstone valued at around one hundred fifty million, and basically MS tokens fractionalized this gemstone and created uh, these MS tokens, which were valued, you know, valued at around three hundred dollars a piece. It gets a little bit hard to understand here. Like I I read everything I could up on this, and I don't entirely understand if the NFT is the MS token. Wait, they haven't. they yeah. It's it's like it gets very confusing. I think they pulled some, some PR shit. No. Well, um, yeah.
0: the way I understood it from what I read was that the EV biologics company purchased basically over 70,000 NFTs from MS token for about $300 a piece. But I'm guessing they got some type of deal. I, I'm not familiar. I'm not close to this, but I mean, they're, why yeah. would they just buy something for 300 and just give it to people for 300 That. That doesn't make sense, but um, they got some type of deal. They bought 70,000 NFTs from MS Token. They're saying that those NFTs are worth $300 a piece and they're distributing them back to the shareholders. The shareholders have, this is weird because it's like, How do you prove that you're a shareholder? How do you, you know, how do you, I mean, how do you, you have these warrants, you get these warrants, but how do you exercise those warrants? Like, that's what I'm, I'm curious about on this project because they only have 90 days to exercise their warrants to receive the NFTs. So let's just say you know, only 30% of shareholders do this, dude, they got 70,000 or, or not 70,000. They Yeah. So 70,000 is what they bought. I mean, here I am doing this public math, Ryan, you can help me out, <laughs> you know, 70% of that, which would be what approximately what? Uh, 70% of
1: uh, 70,000, uh, like yeah. 40, 50,000.
0: So they would have 40 or 50,000 NFTs on their, their books. Yeah. That's a, uh,
1: yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know how it's going to work. Like as far as like actual rollout of it, like it could just be press. It could just be a way for them to like insert their name in this conversation of NFTs. Company is like doing some futuristic shit, so they they want to be viewed as like an innovative company. So I understand why they're doing this. But I think like conceptually, you know, let's say this this would be a totally different conversation if they were like, we're not giving out MS tokens. We're giving out long necky ladies, which are each worth around you know, 500 bucks right now or a thousand bucks. Like if they gave, if they, if they had purchased a project that like a ton of people were already in, there was already chatter about it. It already had set a floor price in the aftermarket. I think that that, that would be like crazy, crazy news. You know, everyone would be, we would be kind of going nuts and all of the NFTs would be claimed by their shareholders. Well, I think in this case, like this was like a good first step, right? Like yeah. I think they're testing the waters here and they could totally do it. You know, the next, however, However, often they issue dividends if it's every year or you know every quarter or whatever. Like you know, who knows? Maybe the next quarter that they or the next dividend they do, they do it with a project that people are familiar with.
0: No, nah, for sure. I think that that's that's a good way to look at it. And when I think about the publicly traded companies that are getting into NFTs, we've seen Coca Cola drop that NFT, and it it shocked me. I mean, what did it go for? Like two hundred and what ten ETH or something like that?
1: Yeah, I went for a good chunk of money.
0: Yeah, so and that was just a drop that was just a box. It was like a Coca-Cola drop box like Fortnite. That's what, it reminded me of Fortnite. That's what it reminded me of. And yeah. It, you know, we saw that and I was like, "Whoa." And then we see the we see this EV biologics company do what they're doing. And you know what I think? The MS tokens cool. I get it. I see what they're I see what they're going crazy with. But like let's say we come back around and say, "Hey, Coca-Cola buys back their NFT that is already, you know, valued by the public market. And then they tokenize their NFT and then give that to shareholders in addition to some cash. Cause like if I'm buying your stock and I'm expecting dividends and your stock is paying dividends, I I, I want, I want, I want my dividend. I don't necessarily want the NFT.
1: For sure. Yeah. I I mean, I think this is, you know, (laughs) if we're talking blue chip, blue chip stocks, like I don't think those shareholders are going to want an NFT. They're going to want cash. You know, if you're talking like, you know, a a stock like Tesla or something, you know, it's like if you're buying Tesla, maybe 50 percent are.
0: They don't buy Tesla. Tesla's not a dividend paying stock, though. Right. So you think about like stock, very few stocks still pay dividends today. Right. And then the ones that do people buy those because they pay dividends
1: for sure. But I think that now would be a great time for a company who doesn't issue dividends to now come out and say, hey, we're going to start issuing dividends but we're going to do them as NFC.
0: Is that even a dividend though?
1: Depends how you cook the book.
0: <laughs> hey, I feel, I feel like, fit. I feel like some lawyer could
1: say that that's a dividend.
0: I mean, yeah, you're, I mean, you're probably right. It's just a like, I mean, you're right. Tesla probably would be a good fit for that. You know, who else would be a good Coinbase? Really? They should be the ones trying this stuff out
1: for sure. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, so maybe, maybe the, maybe the legal term isn't dividend. Maybe these aren't dividends you're giving out to people, but if you can find, you know, the concept here is, hey, like you're rocking with our stock. Why isn't there a way where we can, you know, we can incentivize people to be long-term shareholders uh, by issuing some quarterly, you know, maybe it's a cryptocurrency, you know, uh, you know, send out like, you know, when, when Elon was doing his whole Dogecoin thing, he could have totally just been like, here, here's two Dogecoins for every single person who's rocking with, you know, Tesla stock, boom, you know, like there's a whole different conversation. So I think like what this kind of showed me was, Hey, they're you know, a dividend to shareholders doesn't always have to be cash. Is there a way where it could be a totally different digital asset? And maybe we can't actually call it a dividend anymore in that case, but just this idea of, Hey, like let's reward people digital, you know, with a digital asset that, you know, they, uh, that they might be able to turn around and flip or something.
0: No, you're, you're, you're right. I'm looking at, uh, Oh man, dang. It's shareholders, so people that buy the stock now can't get in because it's only correct uh, NFT share. The so people that are going to get the NFTs are shareholders of record as of July 30th, 2021. Because yep. I, you know me, I was going to go just just buy 100 shares of this and see what it was like. Because I'm just curious, yeah, I like wanted, how they.
1: I, I wanted, to, yeah, I wanted to as well, but they didn't. They didn't put the press release out until after uh, they had put that cutoff point in.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well. We'll have to watch it from afar. And if someone is a shareholder, I'll try to get in contact with them because I just want to know how the hell do you receive an NFT dividend?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'm super fascinated. I feel like it probably has to be super hands on in the beginning, you know, until they can figure out an easy way to do it. But I'm sure it's very hands on where you have to, you know, show proof of. Show proof of, you know, ownership on uh, your, your, your shares. And then they got to, you know, get your wallet, make sure you have a wallet set up and all. I I bet it's, I bet it's going to be a headache for them.
0: Nah, nah, for sure. For sure. So let's talk about something that we both found interesting. This is the NFT TV network known as NFT 1X.
1: Yep. (laughs) this is another this is another one of those ideas where it's like okay this may not be the people who bring it to the finish line but the concept here is really cool you know and i think that's the theme here of this this podcast like hey guys like we're not choosing sides here and saying hey this is the project that's going to bring this idea to the finish line but like nonetheless they're the first with the with the idea let's 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 check it out so this nfc tv network Basically, TVNet and World One partnered up, and they are creating this TV network called NFT One X. Basically, it's right now they're using their portfolio of a bunch of media coverage of NFTs to basically have this, you know, twenty-four-seven stream that you can go and watch, and you know, kind of tune in and see what's happening in the NFT world. I think they must have a partnership or something with CNBC or some other, you know, news outlets because. You know, a lot of the content that's on NFT1X right now is just like, you know, traditional news coverage of NFTs. This other thing that was in their announcement was that they're also going to use the TV network to display their own NFTs. And I and from what they have said, they own about 220 NFTs of video and artwork. So I think like from that angle... You know, not not only do they get to show off their portfolio to people who are watching this channel, potentially get resales out of it, but I was very curious about this idea of like, hey, here's this broadcast network that is dedicated to NFTs. Is there a way where people could, you know, license their NFTs out to this news platform, and then they get to display them? You know, maybe they pay you small residuals every time it airs or something, but you get to license your content to them, so that they have something that they can show you know, all day long. And I think this idea here came from, I, I know you're going to remember this, but Archelect back in the day, which was, you know, this, this, you know, streaming provider basically on Twitter that was like, we're going to take the coolest images from the internet and just, you know, stream them so that people can watch them. And they didn't own any of that in, uh, of that media. And so it was probably highly illegal what they were doing. But nonetheless, it was like a cool project where it's like, we're just going to show you art all day long. And I think like an NFT TV network has a very similar possibility where it's like, okay, maybe I can't afford, I personally can't afford, you know, to own all these crypto punks and, you know, different people and pox and all these, you know, really cool NFT artwork. But if I could tune into a, you know, NFT TV network that's going to display them at all times, cool. Let me, I, I'll, I'll pay five bucks a month for it. And, you know, yes, it's just a digital art gallery at that point, And there's plenty of apps that do that. But in this case, you're actually getting to to display and watch the originals. You don't own them, but you get to watch them, right? And I think that that's like a really cool concept, especially if the people who owned them could license them to that TV network and even get paid themselves.
0: When you say it as MTV, but for NFTs, I get it. I think that there's definitely a possibility there. I'm going to be paying attention to the NFT one X movement, but personally I think that they, they definitely need more creators and I think they need a more succinct way to just describe what they're, they're doing. If they do that then I think you're right, they're spot on the money. I looked at the team the team is is credible. So they know what they're doing. I think it's just, it's very early. So what we're seeing is like, definitely like the beta or the first version and they're still figuring out the marketing. They're still figuring out where to place it and stuff in the NFT world. is just moving so fast. So I think they're probably taking this approach of let's get in movement, let's get the momentum and it's easier to pivot as we're already moving versus trying to map everything down at once.
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at it now, it it looks like an incomplete project and you know, it probably is. And I don't necessarily, just from the few things that they've talked about about it, I don't know what direction they're taking this. Maybe it's not a gallery app, like I was saying. Maybe it is, you know, more, may, maybe that's just going to be a network for, you know, NFT movies, a- animated series that have already, you know, kind of been out there, like Stoner Cast or this, you know, this movie that's going out by the director of Crash, you know, that's being sold as an NFT. I don't know what it will be, but like the concept is here and it's, you know, someone will, someone will probably be inspired by it and make an even better one, you know?
0: No, for sure. For sure. So let's talk about this whole concept of NFT escrow. This one's, this one's interesting because is it the uh, Alien Doge? You heard about that?
1: Yep. Yeah. Alien Doge. It's a play to earn game, but they're offering an escrow service now where players in the game can put whatever they're wagering against each other in an escrow service and then they can battle it out a la pokemon style kind of and mm-hmm. then you know the winner gets whatever people bet on thing right and you know the idea here is that you have this dedicated you know vault or safeguard in some sense where it's like okay neither of you can cheat each other out of this not the honor system this is actually you know real technology here to make sure you you're not, you know, taking advantage of somebody, and boom, here we go. Now we have basically a very rudimentary form of gambling in this game called Alien Doge, which I think is really, really interesting.
0: No, the whole concept of an escrow battling it out, I think is a is a genius idea because when you think about these digital collectibles, they don't really like you don't really value something until it's gone. They're, that's a that's a popular you know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, saying and phrase that a lot of people say. Right. And and, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Exactly. Right. And that I think is true for any type of collectible, right? You had it for a moment in time where it's a memento that you pass down to future generations and and it's a part of your legacy or it's something that you, you wager and you say like, Hey, I I collect this thing, but like, you know, I'm going to race this car and, and, you know, remember the whole concept of pink slips. Yep. Like most people can't put their car up and race it and say, yeah, if I lose this car, I'll be fine. But you might be able to do that with a few NFTs in your collection, especially if someone gifted it to you or you got them for pretty cheap and, you know, they're valuable to others or you just don't like this particular NFT. and You're like, hmm, I want to play this game. And instead of buying tokens, you can just put up things that you already have, but don't really have that much attachment to. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And I think a lot of people who seriously collect NFTs or or are just getting started or they have a decent sized collection. Like I think most people have some throwaway NFTs in their you know oh, in their sure. wallet, right.
0: And I'm getting NFT spam galore, man.
1: Yeah, lots of NFT spam, stuff like that. I mean, I don't know if this alien doge game itself you can bring you can, you know, wager outside you know, NFTs from outside of the game, but I'm sure it's something that could that could be implemented one day. I think like have also you pl- this idea of an,
0: have you played, have you played alien Doge yet? I have not. Oh man. Alien Doge. I, that's on my list of games to play. Axie's on my list. Like Axie. Yeah. Axie is just time consuming,
1: dude. Like, Bro, all of these things are, I, yeah. I, I want to play so many of these, but I'm like, man, I have a job. Like I got to make money. I can't play these games all day. Bro,
0: I'm still wrapping my head around Decentralay. I mean, like all these games are dope. And like, I, I kind of, I, I wish I was 15 again in some capacities. Cause it's like, actually, oh, I feel sure. like I'd be, I feel like I'd be killer at Axie, man. Like Axie reminds me so much of Pokemon. <laughs>
1: yep.
0: Yeah. You know, you know, I was a Pokemon fiend. Like I, I mean, I still am in, in some capacities. I just don't have the time, but if I had the time, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be crazy on it. So, I mean sure. Yeah, uh, the, just in the future episodes, because I know we're, we're just about time. This NFT escrow idea is dope for the people that are listening. If there's an idea that we mentioned, go to NFTQT.com, check it out. And that's where we have all of the stuff that we're talking about and more. So if you get lost on an idea or you want to, you know, elaborate on anything that we're talking about, NFTQT.com has a lot of the stuff we're talking about. Again, this episode of the NFTQT podcast was brought to you by the NFT Handbook. The NFT Handbook is a detailed guide on how to create, sell, and buy non-fungible tokens without the need for a technical background. Learn exactly what NFTs are and how they evolved and why they have value. All you have to do is go to Amazon and type in the NFT handbook and get your copy. You can pre-order it now. it comes out on October 12th. With that being said, Ryan, I know we're running out of time. I do want us to to talk about branded marketplaces. That's going to have to come into a future episode of NFTQT. There's a lot of NFT marketplaces coming up and everything from asmr marketplaces sports memorabilia marketplaces i'm seeing ads on DraftKings on instagram about DraftKings nfts on instagram i'm seeing you know anime and k-pop nfts i'm seeing entertainment focused nfts we saw we talked about earlier the tory lanes nft i just want us to talk about branded marketplaces at some point in the future can we do that my guy
1: For sure. There's a lot out there. Basically, people are saying OpenSea, you're too much of everything. We're just going to say, hey, here's our category and we're going to own it. Well, we definitely got to do an episode on Brandon Marketplace.